Welcome to What's Your Hustle? In this episode, I sit down with the founder and designer of MK Curry. Wamaka and I have a chat about how her designs are made to embrace and celebrate curves, surrounding yourself with a strong tribe, and getting back to the why of self-love and healing. So let's get into it. Here's What's Your Hustle, MK Curvy, with my guest, Wamaka Bakoba. Hey listeners, it's Halima with What's Your Hustle, and I'm back with a brand new episode. I'm here with a designer and creator that I had the privilege of wearing one of her designs at the Black Design Showcase curated by Sarah Awata in September at the Strathern Art Walk in Edmonton that featured Black Albertan designers. Amaka, how are you? I'm great, Halima. Thank you so much for having me on today. Of course. Now, where are you? We're working with a bit of a time difference, so... (laughs) So, currently, I'm in Atlanta. um, But I definitely, you know, Edmonton is home for me. Um... I've been here trying to establish the brand here as well. Yeah. Um, we, yeah, so I, I founded uh, MK Kirby in 2016 mm. in Alberta, um, but I did go to school here in the U.S., and the U.S. is a bigger market, um, and so trying to expand the brand a little bit, doing new things, and on the personal side as well. Life has kept me here in the U.S. Uh, quite a bit these days. Yeah, I um I actually visited Atlanta for the first time in February uh, this oh, past year. Like yeah, I, wish I, I know. <laughs> oh well, now we know. And I like I I loved it. I we stayed in the city, so I feel like if we stayed more or even rented a car, we could have seen like a a lot more of Georgia itself, like Savannah. And Decatur and all that sort of stuff. So I think like exploring and especially in the in the summertime, because like the beautiful thing about Atlanta is the history. Like we stayed. Absolutely. Uh, there is so much history here. Yeah. Like we stayed like close to like um, like the Martin Luther King exhibits and and so we were downtown also. So we we visited the Civil Center of Human Rights and like. Amazing. When you go, especially when you go in February and it's Black History Month and, yes. and just the history of Atlanta and what it has, it's just like I walked in and there's an exhibit there where you can actually sit at the counter and listen to the Freedom Riders and like the abuse that they right. went through. And I was like, nope, I am not lining up for that because you feel as soon as you see the photos and you, you know the history, like, you know, yes. to be to be privileged to live in a society where you can't disregard that history, right? Like it's in there, Absolutely. it's in it's in media, Absolutely. and Absolutely. you know you would be you would be totally ignorant to be like, oh, I don't get it. So it's it's heavy. Absolutely. Absolutely, and I think the thing about this area is that you absolutely need to understand the history even to understand some of the things that are at play today um so it would definitely be a disservice to oneself to not try to steep yourself in the history and understand it and feel it um as well because it's it still forms um, a lot of the core of the society today and i think even even um things that we see happening in alberta today and all over um the world um there's a lot to do with history so one really needs to sit down and understand those things yeah we'll get a bit into your history as well because it feeds into the way you design which i think is very beautiful 
Thank who, you so much. Who is the founder behind MK Kirby? I am the founder. Um, <laughs> my name is Wamaka Bakoba. Um, just to go back a little bit, um, I have uh, basically been the vision um, and the creative direction um, behind the brand for as long as you know we've been in existence. Um, but again, I think a lot of um, what feeds into the brand is that is the work that I've done. Um, my core work has been in the international development sector. Um, I have a bachelor's in finance and an MBA in emerging markets finance, and so I've been very steeped um, in the world of um, social finance and, um, you know, just uh, socioeconomics and, and what drives gender equity and all of these things and underrepresented groups, et cetera, et cetera. And so that was some of the thought uh, behind MK Curvy, as well as um, naturally, I'm a pretty friendly, intuitive person, and um, I've been plus size most of my life. And so, a lot of the experiences that I've had, and the friendships that I've made, and the the soul bearing that I had heard from my sisters, um, right, and some of those things I had felt myself um, <clears throat> in terms of access to inclusive sizing, access to beautiful designs. And of course, uh, my background, I'm Nigerian by birth. Um, and some of those things uh, were sort of the things that kind of culminated eventually in building the brand. But I'll, I'll you know, let you kind of moderate and then I can go into the history of the brand yeah. and how it started, et cetera, et cetera. So you started in 2016. What inspired you to start your own brand? Uh, you know, I almost feel like I've owned a brand almost all <laughs> of my life. Um, so growing up um, in Nigeria, uh, we lived in the southwestern part and um, in the city that I, I grew up in, Ibadan, uh, we had like a really big market uh, where there were woven fabrics. Ashoke is what it is. Um, and also like some of the fabrics that have come back into fashion um, with sort of uh, tribal designs on them, they're called adire, um, and some, some batik fabrics. And um, my mom dealt in those fabrics, like she dabbled a little bit in fashion design and her mother behind her, or sorry, before her, had uh, a finishing school. So it was fashion design, it was catering, it was a whole bunch of things for young ladies. Yeah. So it's almost a history in my family where grooming is um, is almost inborn. Mm. So being a kid who was a lot bigger, uh, my body matured a lot faster. I was in a training bra by seven and a half, right? Oh, I hear you. <laughs> um, and, so, and so my mom... Um, me pretty early and she also thankfully gave me the freedom to pick my fabrics um, and then I would design what I wanted and then her um, tailors she would have her tailors come to the house and they would take my design and go execute so I almost feel like I always had a brand it just wasn't a fashion or mm. clothing brand but yeah. I almost feel like I always had my own sense of style I always had my own ideas on how I wanted to present, how I wanted to groom because um, of the training that I had at home. 
Now, fast forward many years, um, I had worked in international development for a bit, um, went to school here in the U.S., worked for a bit, and then moved to Canada. And after working for a little bit um, in the banking sector, I had an opportunity. One of my former bosses uh, recommended me for a job, which was closer to my core, international development back home in Nigeria. So I took on the assignment uh, sometime in 2013, moved home, and of course I was elated. Um, I had visited home from time to time, but just didn't have enough time to make my own pieces. So sometimes my mom would design pieces for me and I'm like, that's not really my style. Yeah, yeah you grow so, and change. <laughs> you know, so moving home, being in the midst of it all, I was elated and by then I had sort of formed a sense of, not sort of, I had actually formed a sense of who I was, my values. Um, gender equity has always been incredibly important to me because in my family, we have very strong women. Mm. Um, we have men who support those strong women. And Amazing. so I just, you know, I just <laughs> um, always had that sense. And so moving home, having access to artisans and having access to a slew of tailors, and because of the work that I was doing, a lot of it was very um, gender equity driven um, and it was steeped in financial inclusion. So in my mind, I'm like, well, you know what? I have this money to spend. I can design my clothes again. I can pick my fabrics by myself. Why not spend my money uh, with female artisans and female tailors? And so I started to do that. and. All my tailors at the time were women, um, no discrimination to men, but it was just uh, a thought, you know, I'm like, well, you know what, I will like to spend my money with them. I would love to boost their businesses and just make them a little bit more visible when I would wear my clothing. So back and forth between Canada, uh, my home in Canada and my home in Nigeria and friends started to ask me, oh, we love this design. Could you make it for me? Could you? So I would do that, you know, back and <laughs> forth um, between both places. And then fast forward, um, 2015, I moved back to Canada with my son. And then I fell incredibly ill in 2016. Mm. So MK Curvy was actually born at a time where I was sick, 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 given about three months out. Um, and doctors just didn't know what would happen after that. Yeah. I was in bed 24-7, oxygen round the clock. Mm. That was where um, I'm like, okay, you know what? Now I'm forced to actually be still. Mm -hmm. And this hobby has proven to be viable as a business. Um, and maybe I could actually do this to help other women, build other women, um, not just on the client side where I would find that women would come to me for a piece of clothing, but then we would talk about so much more. Mm. We would talk about their careers. I could mentor them in that. We would talk about their relationships. I could mentor them in that. Mm -hmm. We would talk about things, deep things that would bother them. And so I, I decided that giving more business to the female tailors, female artisans, and on the other side, make more of an impact because the more clients I had, the more women I could reach out to. And that's where MK Curvy was born. That's amazing to take something and, you know, something that's like 
how do I not give up on myself at this time of like sickness? Because that's something that is scary for for when you don't know what's happening and the doctors don't know what's happening. And it's something that's, well, I can't just give up, right? Like you're raised by these strong women. You come from a strong culture and you want that represented in your clothing for other people because, you know, women supporting women is a beautiful thing. And to tell the stories, like, I know, like, men have their barber shops and, and women have their beauty salons, but, like, a piece of clothing that is born with a rich history because the fabrics represent something. is some, And that is a, that's, like, a beautiful thing to support one another in that way and provide a mentorship. Because I don't, I find that, you know, we can have these open conversations about that. But there's so many different outlets that tell so many different stories. Absolutely, absolutely. And and you know you're you're absolutely right. Um, in that time as well, you know, MK Curvy was something that allowed me not to focus on the immediate problems that I had. Yeah. But just realizing that my testimony, you know, my story would be somehow intrinsic in helping someone else see the possibilities the hope Mm -hmm. um you know and and you're absolutely right in the fabrics that we use i've always been very intentional about that i do create pieces of clothing where um there's no african fabrics or patterns um included but usually we will pair that with a pattern that reminds you of where um, our clothing comes from. Mm-hmm. And we're very intentional about our African-inspired um, designs because we do realize that, you know, um, we could give we could give aid all day, but, you know, the saying goes, um, you know, you really do need to teach a man to fish um, <laughs> to open up life for, or a woman as in this case, um, you can't just keep giving aid. We really just want to give trade as well. And um, in, in research as well, it's very well documented that the do- a dollar in the hands of a woman works very different than a dollar in the hands of a man. Because oh, absolutely. Woman, you know, when there's a dollar in her hands, it means better health care, better education, better outcomes for more people, which is her kids, her family, all of that. Um, men are more prone to investments and bigger uh, projects, but it's mm-hmm. in the little things, you know, it's in the everyday things that we um, can really make a big difference um, in our lives. And when women empower themselves, then um, they're seen in a better light. So men, I don't knock men at all. We do need men to function. We need the way that they think. Uh, but then when a woman places herself in a position, she also finds more allies mm-hmm. in men because she's in a place that she's elevated herself and that's what we want to do for women yeah and i think the beauty of like especially in the society that we live in now for for a generation like we're raising the generation of you know very independent women taking care of our own and there is still i feel like as you get older you learn to define the line of the softness in your independence you don't define the gender roles you both do the same things but there is a there is a time and place where it's like if i can if i have that support of my partner where or any man in my life where i can 
relax and step into a softness that allows me to be a boss ass bitch, then we the whole family wins, right? Absolutely. 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 And I'll tell you, you know, I'm a single mom and so I have a special softness for women who have to do a lot of things um, by themselves. Um, and honestly, like I always tell people, for me, I'm raising a son and I don't care what anybody says. This is a personal opinion. A woman cannot teach a man to be a man because she's not a man. She's a woman. And, um, you know, she has her own role. Everybody has their roles in society. And yes, the lines have become a little bit more fluid. Um, however, there are certain things that, I, and I mean, even for a female, um, a female needs a balance, you know, even if it's a female child, you need to learn to interact with the opposite um, of you. You need those things. And so even in my life, I definitely always welcome help from my brothers. I have three yeah. brothers. My dad has always been there. You know, my parents have been married about 49 years Oh, now. that's beautiful. And, <laughs> you know, and, and um, even my, my son's father is very much a part of his life. Mm -hmm. um, my friend's husbands are, you know, they've been mentors, role models for my, for my son. And so I definitely agree with you. Um, there's nothing wrong with, you know, allowing the feminine side of you to you know lead sometimes um and we actually do incorporate that in our clothing designs uh very intentionally mm -hmm. um, we have a lot, a lot of pieces <laughs> that are very feminine uh very classic um because we want a woman to be comfortable in that femininity there's nothing wrong with it no and you yeah. can still like wear a beautiful design and boss up and you know you Absolutely. feel so much more confident Absolutely. and you know it doesn't matter where your role models in terms of female and male they them Absolutely. it doesn't matter where they come from right it's just Absolutely. the role they fit into your life looks very different you get very different things i don't have i don't have brothers it's just me and my sister but i have a dad have same as you like as your son like we have uncles we have people in our yes. lives and and mothers in our lives that you know it legit takes a village to raise you that's, that's why it, it really does it really <laughs> does and, you know even in business um the older i get the more i start to um i love how women now have spaces i because i belong to a venture capital group uh, that's for women and even when we speak there, we speak on having allies as men. I seek out men uh, for advice in business because there are certain ways that, you know, each gender sort of processes things. Um, there are some things that are societal constructs. And because each gender has sort of functioned in those constructs, we've picked up certain skills. We've picked up, you know, certain things. Yeah. So I see the value in, you know, both genders um, or both spaces being allies and, and helping each other grow, Yeah, you know? Because as people, yeah. the, you know, forget, you know, roles and, and where we are as people, we learn from each other. Right? Absolutely. 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 Again, you're very intentional about the way you choose your patterns and fabrics and how it represents you, your culture, what you stand for. 
what goes into your process of choosing these fabrics that you use to design and how you design them? Um, a, a lot. It depends on the pieces, um, I think. Um, there are some pieces that are more intended um, to be dressed up in certain spaces, you know, um, parties, um, going to a place of worship, um, you know, a, a date, those sorts of things. And so we go with more playful patterns um, if we're doing something like that. Some patterns, uh, we're working with pants, um, pieces that are a bit more structured and that can cross over into business because we're looking to actually have our, our patterns as well come into business places. Because yes. if you can comfortably wear a floral dress yes. into a place of business, um, a dress that is the same shape, um, that is cut the same ways, why can't you wear a pattern that has, you know, African print on it mm-hmm. or that has connotations that it's from Africa, you know, because some of our patterns really are not even, because um, we do have African prints that are floral. So why is, why is it that people kind of bulk when you come in with your hair a different way and you're wearing those prints, what is the difference between wearing, you know, a floral print that has traditionally been seen in these spaces in North America, for instance, mm-hmm. uh, versus when you come in with a print that, you know, has a connotation of having African roots, et cetera, et cetera. You know, so we're trying to change that. So I think it's dependent on the cuts um, and the pieces that we're constructing. Um, and again, you know, to me, you don't have to go into a nine to five in, I mean, a nine to five is difficult enough sometimes. Yes. So I go <laughs> always in black, you know, I have some black pieces that I love, but when I do things like that, you know, I sort of like to throw on um, earrings in a print. Oh, absolutely. You know, like colorful earrings or, you know, maybe if it's even a belt that has an African print on it. So I try to take all these things into consideration. You know, color makes people happy. Our weather in Alberta is tough enough. Um, (laughs) Well, we're recording this episode at the beginning of November and we've got like two feet of snow. (laughs) Exactly. And so, you know, when, when we do these things also, um, a lot of places where the weather is warmer, when they make pieces, they don't line the pieces. So we also take um, into consideration whether we're lining the piece, how um, that sort of sits, et cetera, et cetera. So um, a lot of that goes into into the look that we want to project mm-hmm. when that piece is finished. We want anyone who comes across an MK Curvy piece, um, first of all, uh, to feel like their pieces are not... We, we tend to stay away from trendy um, patterns, trendy designs. We want pieces that if you get an MK Curvy piece, we want it to last out five, ten years. It's not yeah. that we don't want you to come back and purchase more pieces, but we we try to stay, you know, um, within the parameters that we've set out for quality cuts, uh, the looks that we want to project, the confidence we want our clients to project. Absolutely. And there's something to be said about like a staple piece that is timeless and classic. We're living now like 2022 going to 2023. And 
you see the things from the 90s coming back in terms of fashion. And unfortunately, I saw this thing on, on, and I say unfortunately, because, you know, when you're raised in the 90s, you're influenced by the media. And at the time, the body shape, right? And the thin eyebrows and all this stuff. And, (laughs) And the thing is, I feel like, you know, we've come so far in celebrating bodies and curves. And to have TikTok explain, and this kind of toxic, about how there is a slight breach of, like, the heroin chic look, skinny look, right? right? 90s Kate Moss look coming back. And it's just like, but we've come so far. We've come so far in celebrating bodies and body positivity and, like, to wear a piece also, especially in the society, that represents culture, heritage, a story that, you know, that is being told through fabrics that you can reach into Western society with is a beautiful thing. Like, that's why people, you know, still wear braids to tell their story because that's what braids were used for. Maps, stories, class, and same goes into pieces. And I think that we need to continue to push forward and like bring these pieces into modern society and Western society, office wear, everyday wear, because it is deserving of a place. And that's how we grow as a society and as a world and as a culture. Like what a shame it would be if we kept like the stories of where you're from Nigeria in Nigeria, right? What a shame it would be. Absolutely. And, and you know, it's, it's such a global world um, that, you know, there is really no reason to do that. You know, there's absolutely no reason. Um, black is black, regardless of where, um, you know, uh, orange is orange. And so we're just, you know, the patterns are just structured different, you know. People color block here in the West. Um, there's a different way when you look at those fabrics, you know. Yeah. There's a different way it's color blocked. So what is the difference, you know? Just um, since people are traveling so much, uh, we're looking so much to open cultures. Um, I know that some places do tourism a little bit different. And so those places that have more money um, and less problems are able to tell their stories a little bit better. But I feel that as an individual, um, even though, you know, my home country, um, the continent generally, there are loads of places that have issues on the continent. Um, And, you know, you may hear all these negative things about it, but then I'm here representing, right? Mm -hmm. And I'm telling, look at me, Um, look at the way I carry myself, you know, look at the pieces that come from the hands of artisans on the continent. and know that there's so much potential. You know? uh, yeah. There's a lot going on, even in the midst of everything that you hear. Mm. It's not all chaos, you know, and we're capable of producing, we're capable of competing, we're capable of being out here um, on the markets and, you know, um, rubbing shoulders with other people who are producing, you know. Um, And so I feel that that's what myself as an individual and the brand itself can do. Um, And we hope, you know, to be able to expand our base. Uh, We have amazing clients who constantly, you know, if they're wearing a piece, they constantly give a shout out. Um, They speak about the quality of our brand. Um, 
and I, I truly deeply appreciate that because that's really my life's work even yeah. outside the clothing brand and you know more people that tell the stories about it and that give it props and the whispers you hear about it the more awareness it gets and the more the representation of where it comes from gets and your representation and and you know this responsibility that you've built for yourself to represent women to represent curvy women to represent the creators in the seamstresses you have in nigeria like it is all part of a path to open up the world to this export really and even you know um when i'm not wearing an mk curvy piece because i don't feel that it's possible that any designer maybe it is possible i haven't seen it <laughs> um, but uh, i think most designers will still see something um that is not um something that they've produced because sometimes you produce something and it's like uh, maybe I won't do this again in another color because commercially it's not viable. Mm -hmm. um, and so even when I, I purchase other things that are not my brand, I try quite a bit to purchase from other designers in Nigeria and give them a shout out as well on my page. Yeah. Your production is um, out of Africa. To you, yes. what does it mean giving back to your community that has raised you and inspired your creativity in the designs? I know we talked a lot about, you know, giving back to to this community and telling their story because here in the Western world, you have the privilege to do that versus Absolutely. there, they don't really. I'm, I'm honestly um, really proud. Um, I'm very proud. I think, um, you know, sometimes one goes to school um, starts to make money, uh, gets in a really good job, and then you you get comfortable, um, and then it becomes you, your family, um, and you know, trying to grow yourself and, and just your family. I am proud that I'm able um, to do more than that. You know, I'm able to speak for the place that I come from. I'm able to represent in the, you know, even sitting in this podcast, I'm able to pay homage to, you know, where I'm coming from. I'm able to speak on it. Um, I would hope that somebody would listen to this in three years time and they're like, oh yeah, that's true. I can do something. Um, and it's also, my platform has also given access to meeting incredible women. Um, it's given access to even having a voice on the projects that they're doing. Um, I've been able to lend my brain, even outside of the pieces, I've been able to lend my brain to the ideas that maybe they were afraid to try, the ideas that they were trying to build. I've been able to have insight um, to what they're building and also contribute to that and have other women who are like me start to do the same thing, you know, speak up a little bit louder, sit at tables that maybe weren't necessarily meant for us, or maybe folks just had a blind side, um, mm -hmm. or a blind side, and um, it's it's been a real privilege. Um, I would say it's, it's more of a privilege than anything else. I'm grateful that I'm able to do more outside yeah. of uh, my home country. And sometimes people say, oh, well, you know, maybe you might make more of an impact being in the country, but I don't feel like everybody needs to be in the country to 
um, make that impact. I feel like some of us who are outside of the country can continue to um, hold up the flag and be ambassadors wherever we are. And so that's, that's the way I see myself. Your integrity and your nationality and your allegiance is to where you come from, right? Because lots, like you said, lots of people, they grow up, they get a little bit of money, they, they sometimes forget, like, these are, this is my root, this is where I come from. So, you know, and how do I, how do I give back to that by staying true to myself, but also not diminishing my own light. And I find even in relation, regular relationships, and as you grow as an individual, you grow, your light gets a little bit brighter, and sometimes people can't come with you on that journey, right? Absolutely. Absolutely. And, you know, they sometimes, it's either yourself, I find that even with me, sometimes I, I lessen my own light and to accommodate those that I can't bring on the journey with me because Absolutely. of guilt, right? But Absolutely. Absolutely. Yeah. But anybody that stands behind you and that you rely on as your tribe will want to see your light and be like, okay, if one wins, we win. And that's, that's Absolutely. how it goes. And, and, and you know, you know you, I, I, love, I love the way you frame that. And a thought came to mind um, while you were saying that. In the spaces that the brand has um, sort of taken me into, I find that even people from other cultures people from other nationalities when they see the work that you're doing and some of the things that you're trying to establish they're like oh i didn't know that Mm -hmm. thank you for letting me know how can i help you and so you also start to pull other people in when you are about yourself when you stay true to yourself stay true to your roots you don't have to conform because guess what sometimes they really don't want you to conform because these places also want diversity. Mm-hmm. They also want to attract people who are not necessarily like them. And so you have to, um, it's difficult for people to love what they don't understand. So I think that some, some part of the work also requires taking them in, sort of like an explanation, helping them understand the journey so that they're a little bit more comfortable. They understand it a little bit more, you know, and they appreciate it almost as much as you do. Um, so that's also part of the work, I think. Like you said, if there wasn't a seat at the table that we didn't see before, well, my big thing is make my own table, right? Absolutely. And you're making your table with different people and different cultures and people from you know, Nigeria and from Canada, from Atlanta, people that are in your circle that help build your brand and come to a common goal of how do we build? How do we make it streamline in a Western society that I can wear different prints and look beautiful and I can tell a story? And there's nothing, I know, like a lot of my TikTok comes about and you see all these like beautiful well-cut suits in these like beautiful black men and brown men and white right all these beautiful men in these beautiful suits same with women all these beautiful dresses and gowns and you know tribal wear and it's just like oh my god you're it's not navy it's not 
you know, velvet. Exactly. It's exactly. right. It's different and it's beautiful. And, you know, we live in a society where, you know, especially in Alberta, where, you know, they're just not used to it and that's okay. But breaking that mold and that's why I appreciate like things like the Black Design Showcase where you guys were like, yeah, let's do it. Let's break the mold. Absolutely. <laughs> absolutely, absolutely. And I love um, every time I open up, you know, my WhatsApp, it's like a friend has sent a flyer for some event, you know, that's happening, that's geared towards culture, whether it be Caribbean, uh, African, um, you know, indigenous, um, I just, I love it, you know, because if you cannot tell your own stories, there's actually a proverb um, that I always have on my WhatsApp, um, on my WhatsApp status, and it's, um, I, it, it was done in the masculine, but I have changed it to feminine. Um, it, it's something around, um, until this lioness starts to speak or tell her story, the story will always glorify the hunter. Mm -hmm. And, you know, until you open your mouth, we open our mouths and start to tell our stories, start to talk about where we're from, what we've been through, how we got here, and why we will stay here and deserve to stay here. No one else is going to tell your story. No. There's absolutely no reason why anybody would leave their own story and worry about your own story. Mm -hmm. So we need to own it. We need to change that narrative, you know. Even as far back as 2013, 2014, I would walk into a meeting in Alberta and it's like, oh, I love your costume. I, and I'm like, oh, no, it's not, you know, I just yeah. love colors costume you know it, it, it's my piece that I've made with a car you know um and and people start to become when people see that you know you're not spooked you take the time to explain you're not um and sometimes I get it you know these things can have a way of robbing you wrong mm -hmm. but I don't think that you need to um become angry or react in a way that, you know, you sort of flare up. Yeah. You need to learn <laughs> to take a breath, um, take a step back. And the more they see you in these things, and I'm not advocating, I wear prints um, or pieces that are, they have no print on it. It just, and I'm a big believer um, in going with the mood, go with yeah. outfits that make you happy. You know, so it's not every single time. Some pieces you'll find them plain, but they're also made in Nigeria, made in Ghana. Um, that sort of a thing. But, you know, I just feel like we should really own our stories and own the narrative. Mm -hmm. Make sure that our stories are told in a way that really represents the heart of us, mm -hmm. the core of us, you know. In 2016, you started this business. As we said a little bit earlier, you were sick. It takes a toll on your mental health. How do you, you know, how do you continue? How do you build something for yourself even every day? When managing the company and keeping up with the hustle that is rightfully seen and heard, how do you take care of your own mental health? Oh, the business can be really tough. And I'll be honest with you, um, I think one of the reasons why we haven't quite expanded the way we should have, of course, COVID happened. Um, and trying to reestablish here or trying to, to keep 
my clients in Canada and also establish here. Um, one of the things that I've had to do, because even moving from 2016 when I was very ill up until now, I had to take care of my body at certain times. And in those times, I really couldn't. Yeah. Um, I've had a bunch of people work with me, but in the very early stages, I needed to control a lot of things mm -hmm. because my clients who came to me really enjoyed the personalized service. They yeah. enjoyed having access to me. They enjoyed the counseling, the mentoring, mm. um, the hand-holding. Yeah. But sometimes it's very difficult when you're going through um, your own things as well and trying to make sure that you're, you're good. I was going through a divorce. <laughs> um, it was a lot. And sometimes I've just learned to unplug. Yeah. Sometimes you need to unplug. One of the things that I've done, and hopefully my clients are not like, oh, that's the reason why <laughs> um, my WhatsApp, my WhatsApp was one of the things that was giving me a lot of anxiety because I felt like I needed to respond to every message immediately mm -hmm. so that I wouldn't appear tardy or not attentive. Mm -hmm. I started to get to a point where if a message came in, oh my God, like I would, I would wake up from sleep just to respond to messages. I always wanted to be on top of everything. I don't do that anymore. Yeah. I get to it when I get to it because mm -hmm. it's, I, the clothing brand is one aspect of what I do. I also do advisory, um, advisory work, consulting. Um, and so I can't always be there responding to messages if i respond to you sometimes i'm not optimal and so the responses um even though it's great that i responded immediately it wasn't optimal because i was not at a place that was optimal yeah so now gotten to a point where um the business one has like a, an automatic response thank you very much i will come back to you um sometimes i will respond personally and say hey um Noted, uh, acknowledged, your message is acknowledged, I'll come back to you and mm -hmm. I will come back to it. I can't I can't do it all at the same time. Mm -hmm. I've also recognized that, you know, not everything, um, even in your growth journey, not everything can be done now. Yeah. What everyone else is doing, um, someone may have started a business after you and they're so much further along than where you are. Yeah. There are certain the business, um, especially startups, has a lot to do with the founder as well. Absolutely, um, yeah. And so, you know, what you are going through, what you can handle, what your capacity is, and the people around you um, has a lot to do with your trajectory. Mm -hmm. And so an acceptance, I think, of what the opportunities are, what the limitations are, and just... Um, how I stage things, sometimes uh, making sure that my personal, which is mostly my son, is taking care of his handle because he is not going to be a child forever. Yeah. And I can't get those years back. So I think it's more of a growing into myself mm -hmm. um, is how I have sort of addressed that mental health part. Um, just understanding that sometimes I need to be pampered too. Yeah. Whether it's, yes. you know, just a girl day, uh, doing girly stuff, um, nails, yeah. uh, hair, whatever. Yeah. Um, sometimes I need to unplug. Also, 
my tribe of sisters mm. they are amazing mm -hmm. my family um i take those relationships very seriously because they're a big part of why my mental health is um if nobody's mental health is a hundred percent no think, my mine, <laughs> mine is pretty close to optimal especially at this time you know um i've worked through a lot of things um i keep trying to work through them i try not to let things fester do loads of things that make me happy um creative writing is one of my outlets um and so i write poetry short stories um as well that makes me very happy um helping people makes me happy and so i have a foundation green onyx foundation where i work with uh, people with disabilities so loads of things you know but i find the things that give me joy um i think is bottom line whatever gives me joy <laughs> you'll find <laughs> another thing is just learning to say no yeah if you can't you can't you can't give you yourself can't. yeah give yourself the respect i think because it's you need to respect yourself to be able to say no yeah you're not you're not enslaved to anyone you're not enslaved to yourself you're not enslaved to other people and so you know setting those boundaries and just being able to say i can't at this time yeah and you don't have a right to ask me why not even if i just want to go sit and stare at the wall mm -hmm. it's my time you mm -hmm. know and right now that's what i need to be okay yeah <laughs> and giving yourself the space to admit like Ah, I need a breath. I need a coffee. I need doing okay a walk. Right now. Yeah. <laughs> what does your brand represent, and what is your personal mission behind MK Kirby? Ah, oh, I think a lot. The brand is really about self love, um, loving yourself, seeing yourself um, in a positive light letting others see you in a positive light um healing healing from a lot of mm. trauma um from whatever society may have made you feel about yourself whatever you have believed about yourself that is a lot of what we try to infuse in the brand self-love yeah. love yourself so that you can love others yeah I, it's a beautiful quote that you like healing i love that it was one of the reasons I started the podcast is like, I heard this Beyonce quote, and it was during the time when Lemonade came out. And if anybody's right. seen Lemonade, at the end of the at the end of the series, she goes through all the stages, and um, she says this thing from the poet, and she says, and we're going to heal. We're going to get back to where we came from, and we're going to heal. And that yes. was the reason I started this podcast, is like, I wanted to create something that helped people heal and got back Absolutely. to why they started what they started, why they Absolutely. started their hustle, why they started their hobby, why they started yes. certain things that made them kept keep going. For you, yeah. MK Kirby came at a time of like full tilt when you were at your worst Absolutely. and you kept going because it was going to heal you. And Absolutely. from something that didn't, you, nobody knew what it was, which I think is still quite remarkable. It's like I keep bringing it up. And yeah. <laughs> it's just one of these things of like that healing, that word itself of taking the time, whether it be a brand, a hobby, a podcast, a book, yes. 
therapy. I'm a big believer in therapy. Whether it be, yeah, whether it be some sort of outlet that's like, we're going to heal. Because if we are not, if our cups are not full, how can we provide to other people if we're not providing for ourselves? We cannot. Yeah. You're right. How has the brand kept you inspired and motivated to keep going and not being afraid to try new things and change? Oh, that's a great question. The brand has really given me something to look forward to outside of my problems, whatever may be happening at the moment. Um, a lot of times I find myself um, as the fixer. And, you know, um, I think on all ends, I'm constantly fixing. How is my client going to look? Because um, some of it is, is image consulting as well, right? Um, how is my client going to project? What are they going to do? And on the other end, I may have an outfit being made um, by the artisans or the tailors, and they mess it up. So on that side, I'm also fixing and trying to teach them um, how to make ready for the export market. Um, so it's, it's constantly, you know, sometimes it's disheartening. I'm not even going to lie. But then when a picture comes out or a video and your client looks absolutely amazing um, at the event that they went for and they're so happy and they sent you a message saying, we did it. And you are not physically there, but you feel like a part of that team. Yeah. Then that inspires you to keep going, you know. Sometimes the bottom line is not looking great, but moments like that, when you know that you've made an impact or you've helped create a memory that's going to last forever um, for your client, even, you know, being on this podcast, remembering why, you know, why I first started, um, you know, because as time goes on, you're right. Those memories start to blur. <laughs> yeah. It's like, I'm not doing this right. I'm not doing that right. But when you start to talk about the start of it all, the basics of why, you know, mm-hmm. your why, that really uh, keeps me inspired. Um, it really helps me to remember where I was and how far I've come. Um, trying new things um, is always a risk. But I think even us as individuals, we evolve, we grow. Um, People that we started with are growing. Sometimes they grow away from your brand, your aesthetic, because, and sometimes I think that's a great thing because some of my clients that have been with me from start, I'm like, when are you going to graduate? Like, this is a school, (laughs) you know? I try to empower you to start to pick your own pieces. Um, let's talk to this other designer. I don't offer this aesthetic, but I think it would be great on you. I thought by now you would have learned that. Yeah. And so I'm not, you know, sometimes it means even picking pieces outside of the brand that, hey, I think that's okay. You know, um, I recommend people to other brands. I tell them, listen, this aesthetic would be great for you. We just don't do that. Um, at MK Curvy because sometimes it may not be that we don't want to offer it, but we just don't have the capability yet. Mm-hmm. Um, and we're trying to build that. And so, you know, um, change, is, change is difficult uh, sometimes, but we, as individuals, as we're growing, are constantly pushing people to um, 
look how they feel. You yeah. know, if you feel a certain way, um, then you want to project that. So try it. You know, yeah. you never know. And what's the worst that can happen? <laughs> we bought one piece, which we just won't try it. Exactly. Again. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> we just won't try it again. So um, change is constant. Mm-hmm. Change is constant. Sometimes it can be tough, but we keep trying new things. You know, even with the brand, we've tried some new pieces. They didn't work as well. What's the worst that can happen? We don't restock. Right? Yes. <laughs> we, we sell off at a discount. But that's really, you know, sometimes you win. Um, sometimes you don't win as much. But there's always learning. So those learnings motivate me. Um, they encourage me to try new things. Yeah. And if we, you know, if we stay stagnant and don't try, how do we know? How do we know? Exactly. <laughs> you know, what if you fly? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> what are some of your favorite pieces from your own line? Let's see. I think, um, oh, that piece that you wore mm-hmm. um, at the fashion show. I love, I love that piece. Um, the autumn uh, royal yeah. Uh, dress. Yeah. I love, I love that piece for the colors. Oh God. Um, <laughs> the colors are really rich, and then the embellishment. Oh, and the um, sleeves, the pocket, everything. <laughs> for me, it's everything. <laughs> I yeah. love it. I love love that. It took a lot of work from the artisans um, who did it, but they do it so well. And each dress that I've sold, um, they're much the same colors, but there's a slight variation in every single mm. one. So it almost feels like it's customized. Yeah. The same. Um, I just, I love the richness of it. I love the ease of the silhouette. Um, you're not, you know, you're not, restricted but in the same way you look chic you can dress it up with um heels you can wear flats on it and it's just that rich party vibe i do like i do love that aesthetic i love that um you know that vibe where yeah it's like oh you know is she rich is she not Um, but but then they're like okay rich auntie we'll just like her yeah rich auntie um so i love that um i think one of the very first dresses that we designed was the classic bella dress uh very simple um two different fabrics mixed and all of it is um embellished with stones as well it's a design that from the start till today we still sell that Mm -hmm. um aesthetic we've 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 used different fabrics over the years we've changed the silhouette a little bit but the classic bella has been one of our best-selling um dresses and i think even in the next 10 years one can comfortably wear that and i I love that i don't like pieces where i've I've worn them for three months and then it's totally out of fashion yeah just you know i'm just not someone who um goes with the trend I, i feel like i understand my body i know what works for my body um and I just go with it. So yeah. I think those are the two pieces the two that uh, I absolutely love. <laughs> Who are your top five designers? Oh, that's a tough one. <laughs> that's a really, really tough one. I'll tell you some of them. Um, it's not all clothing. Because um, yeah. there's some some um, pieces I'm like, oh my God, you know. I'm going to get this, 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 that when I can afford it. Yeah. Femi handbags, um, they're based out of Lagos. 
I love her play on traditional fabrics like Ashoke and just the cleanness of the aesthetic. I love the colors um, that she uses. And she's a luxury brand. Um, so some of her pieces go up to about 600 USD and above. Um, but I'm like, listen, if you're going to buy me a luxury handbag, don't don't go look for any Louis Vuitton or whatever. Yeah. Just get me that because this is so me. Uh, <laughs> so I think maybe this Christmas I might splurge on one of their pieces. I, I absolutely love um, their aesthetic. Clothing-wise, um, there's a brand, Tuba, also Nigerian. I love, um, a lot of their pieces are custom-made. I love the way they cut clothes on plus-size bodies. They're not strictly plus-size, but um, they're very size-inclusive. I love the way um, the, the cuts just flatter, curvy bodies. I love it. Um, I love also a Nigerian brand, Mato. Matopeda, I think that's how her, or maybe other people might pronounce it, pronounce it Matopeda. Uh, but I love her pieces, and brides all over the world have worn her pieces. She's very um, good at blingy pieces, um, you know, structured to your body, weather plus size, slim, very size inclusive. Um, she has some amazing pieces. For underwear, I love Rohana's cuts, Fenty. Yeah. I love, love, love what she's done with her underwear brand. Oh, um, yeah. Yeah, I just, I, 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 I admire her. I love, and the, I love what she does. The inclusivity of it, and even in her models, like last Absolutely. season's show, to have men, women, just of different yes. body types is so yes. beautiful. Even on her website, right? It's yes. so beautiful. And Yes. I, I just love, I just love how she, you know, keeps evolving and it's things that, you know, are completely mind blowing, but also things that if that's not your thing, yeah, you can find almost everybody can find something in, in her, um, her underwear. Yeah. So, yeah. So I think those are some of my absolute faves. What are your top five songs? Rihanna, Lift Me Up. Oh, oh my God. God. Like, even my son is like... <laughs> Can you play that again? Yeah. Can you play that again? I, like, that song is so beautiful. And it's just and her and a guitar, and it's like, oh my goodness. Yes. Yeah. It's, there's so much depth to it, and even us knowing what it represents yeah. to the culture, you know, who we've lost. Yeah. It has, like, he was such a beautiful human. Mm -hmm. um, there will be no other. Yeah. And it's just so soulful and beautiful mm -hmm. and her voice is so strong and she delivers exactly how it was supposed to be delivered like it's yeah it's, it's beautiful um i love that i absolutely love that i love afro beats um, so <laughs> yes <laughs> I, I, i'm very big on afro beats um so mona lisa um Oh, there's a song by Burner Boy and Ed Sheeran. I love Ed Sheeran. Like, oh, yeah. He's, he's one of my absolute faves. Um, and that song with Burner Boy, I just love the words. Um, I'm a bit of a romantic. For My Hand. 
for my hand exactly exactly yeah i love i love that song i love that song let's see what else do i love oh there's so many i love simi simi is also a nigerian musician i love Vusinova. he's a south african um south african singer i love i mean i have so many genres that i love i love country (laughs) music i love (laughs) i love uh, I love whatever as long yeah. as it's got a great beat. And then there's a Christian song as well that's um, pretty new. It's uh, well in the last few months at least. Gyra. What is next for MK Kirby? Oh, MK Kirby. I think, and I've been reaching out, sort of mulling this over. But I'd love to do a lot more collaborations um, yeah. with African brands, not just Nigerian, but African brands. Um, sort of give a platform uh, some exposure I don't know which way that will swing but mm-hmm. I find that even in um, African pieces um, or African inspired pieces we but I understand um, that the market also dictates what you stock yeah I still see as many plus size um, prominent plus size brands or brands that are you know specifically tailored to um i find that people will offer plus size brands but then the costs are different yeah. um and that kind of yeah i'm not yeah um so i'd love to do some collaborations uh, for sure i'd love to offer more versatile pieces where maybe we have pants that are plain um tops that are print or maybe a strip of prints that sort of a thing so that you know like i said it sort of eases slowly as well um into spaces Mm -hmm. and sometimes people just don't want to wear print yeah don't want to have to figure out which shoes go with a print or you know some people are not great at pairing things so sometimes plain pieces might work a little bit better so going towards that aesthetic as well um having a line that is all print, but then also having lines, uh, so sort of separating our lines, having some that are not, um, that don't have print featured in it, or if it does, maybe it's the lining on the under, yeah. um, and just, you know, having a side that is not uh, with print, yeah. so that it, it's more versatile. So, yeah, I yeah. think a lot of exploration in the next year. <laughs> I would love to some giving back. Um, I had talked to an organization that um, helps women who are transitioning, regardless of what the trauma is or what issues they've been, they're trying to transition into the workforce. So doing some work around styling, grooming, those sorts of things, um, Mm -hmm. we will also be um, broaching that. So Awesome. Knock on wood. I'm hoping to be able to work with uh, more women um, in other areas, not just giving business to make pieces, uh, but also helping women with life experiences uh, and just learnings that I have had in the professional field, uh, the business field, imparting that uh, to other women. Amazing. Maka, where can the people find you? Oh, they can find me on our website, www.mkcurvy.com. 
We're also on Instagram at mkcurvy. That's M-K-C-U-R-V-Y. Facebook is the same handle at mkcurvy. Um, and of course, if uh, you're looking for us on WhatsApp, you can reach us on WhatsApp from our Instagram page. We have a link uh, to find us on WhatsApp. Amazing. I will put the details of how to contact Mwaka on MK Curvy in the description of this episode. Thank you so much for sharing your journey with us today. Thank you for sharing your story. I know it's never easy and it's always like, oh, why do people want to talk about me? I don't want to talk about myself. But thank you so much. And what you do is important and building up your light and your why. I love it. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you, listeners. Thank you for listening to What's Your Hustle? Created, produced, and hosted by yours truly, Halima Hussein. Be sure to follow us on Instagram at What's Your Hustle Podcast. Subscribe, listen, rate, review on Apple Podcasts. Follow on Spotify, as well as anywhere else you stream podcasts. And until next time, whatever your hustle is, you got this.